In the name of the one who calls to us. Amen. This story. The beach alongside the shore of the lake was crowded with people who just wanted to hear Jesus. He was pressed upon in such a way that he couldn't actually talk to them. So seeing the returning fishing boats, he asked if he could board one and speak from there. Simon allowed Jesus to get into his boat. This is one of the many reasons I love Simon. He was likely tired and deflated and ready to go home and have his breakfast and a long nap after a very long night of not catching fish. But he allowed Jesus to board his boat and delay his rest. I have been among you for six and a half years now, and it has been clear to me since day one that you, like Simon, have invited Jesus onto this boat. I often think about how we're kind of an upside down boat, aren't we? And Jesus is here. He's here with us speaking and stretching his arms of love out into this world from this place through you. At times you may be weary and you may feel that your fishing has been in vain, but I keep seeing you invite Jesus onto this boat. As a congregation, the hospitality to Jesus and to those who walk through your doors is kind of your forte. Even when you are weary, you make space for those who come here. You make space for Christ. And you listen. I have learned so much from you in that regard. Like you, Simon invited Jesus into the boat. And Simon listened and was deeply moved. And then something unexpected happened. And this is where we who are a little stuck in rational thought processes, need to pay very close attention. After teaching for a while in Simon's boat, Jesus asked something completely illogical of Simon. Go to the deep water, Jesus says. Throw your tired nets out there with your worn-out arms. But Jesus, we've fished all night. We all know that there are no fish. But if you say so, we will do it. They throw out their nets and catch so many fish that their nets and boats can hardly stand it. And once they've been given that panicked adrenaline rush, their biggest catch ever and almost sinking their boat, Jesus says, come, I will teach you to fish for people. Another completely irrational idea. But they put down all that was familiar, and they went with him. And for hundreds of years, in far too many cases, we Christians have missed the point of this story completely. We've used this moment to bolster our own agendas, haven't we? To go out into the world and bring in people so that our pews will fill and our budgets will balance. Because if we just listen to Jesus about fishing for people, we'll be overwhelmed by abundance, right? Why do we take things so literally? Yes, it's about abundance. 
But the abundance happens when we take the risk of doing something irrational for the sake of our faith, for the sake of God's kingdom. And so we must slow down and ask ourselves, what irrational thing is Jesus asking us to do? And we maybe could admit to ourselves that it probably has very little to do with our own plans and agendas, as good intentioned as they may be. Jesus asked Simon to let go of his own plan, to trust God and do an illogical thing at an illogical time. And Simon did it and walked away changed in a whole new direction, a direction he could not have anticipated just a few hours earlier while he was worrying over his empty nets. So what about us? What about you? We've been fishing all night, and maybe you are tired. Maybe we are anxious. Maybe we worry because we don't see the same old things working. But here's the thing. We cannot foresee what illogical thing Jesus will ask of us next. We've just got to get still enough to hear him. You are giving me the luxury, starting later on when I get in my car and drive away from Elm Street, of lots of time to get quiet and still and listen for Christ. For the next few months, I will be on a sabbatical that I have entitled Listening for the Heartbeat of God. And I've made very few concrete plans for this sabbatical because I still don't really know what crazy things Jesus might ask of me. Listening might get tedious or might be energizing or I might get kind of stir crazy. No doubt I will have homesick moments of wanting to run back to church and settle into the familiar tasks and good company of my church family. I'm not allowed to, they say. But I will miss you. And I don't know what all my sabbatical time will bring. But I'm trying to be prepared to hear Jesus' irrational nudges. I'm trying to get quiet enough to hear God's heartbeat. So I might better align my breath with that divine pulse. And I thank you for giving me this time. I pray that you will have some version of it as well, both individually and as a church family. Your nets have not been empty these past few years. You've worked so hard to build a new building and take care of your old, beautiful, historical ones, to raise the money that you need to do those things, to construct programming and worship that meets the current needs and schedules, to reach out to those in need. You've said goodbye and hello and goodbye and hello to the priests who have been at the helm of this boat. All the while, you've welcomed new people and baptized babies and buried beloved friends and family members as the pulse of life and death moves on in this place. You have been busy and faithful 
fishing all night, surviving and thriving, worrying and laughing, worshiping and working. And all the while, Jesus is on this boat. I implore you to listen anew to his words. Not just his teachings, but his crazy ideas, too. How is Christ daring you to do something different, something you would never have thought up on your own? How is God pushing you to do something that might just overwhelm this boat and these nets so that you are required to call upon neighboring boats and friends to help carry the load of the work that God has given you to do? And how is God nudging you in new directions? Directions that require the letting go of plans and agendas and rational thinking to follow a new way. I, of course, have no idea what the answers to any of those questions are. But I do know that there is a still, small voice in each and every one of our hearts. And it's available to us every day. Some days we manage to get quiet enough to let it break through in surprising ways. I want that for you as much as I want that for myself. I want to hear the voice. Those fishermen, they'd been fishing for survival. Once Jesus told them to go deeper and trust his crazy ideas, everything changed for them. It was no longer just about staying alive via the daily catch. It became an adventure of being fully alive, caught in Jesus's illogical conspiracy of love. Last night, reading about Iona, where my family will travel in April, I found a prayer which I'll end with today. It does not speak to our plans. Our plans aren't really the point. It speaks to our connections and how we can hold together. Because holding together is the thing that strengthens us for God's often unexpected purposes. So the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, networking in the church, forming our loose ends into a fishing net where the strands hold hands around the holes, making our daily work a sign of God's work in the world, sign of our connectedness, sign of our calling. Help us to hold together and draw others into your kingdom. Use us. Amen.